0: Hey everybody, welcome to Literary Disco on Lit Hub Radio, episode 169, Quick Poems for Quarantine. Today, as a brief respite from our middle March read, we will each present a poem to discuss. This is Literary Disco, the last book club you'll ever need. We are Todd, Julia, and Ryder, three old friends who love to read, debate, and sometimes even agree. I am actor and filmmaker Ryder Strong. Joining me, as always, are novelist and critic Todd Goldberg and essayist and radio personality Julia Pistel. Hi, guys.
1: Hey! So nice to see your faces. You too. It's been a long time.
2: You've still got that mustache, I see.
1: Yeah, I'm not losing it. Decided to keep it for another four minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So, listeners, um, this might come as a surprise to you. Even though you hear these episodes... Often spaced by great distances, we often record them back-to-back.
2: Hence, I (laughs) still have an ugly mustache that makes me look like big band
1: leader Xavier Cougat, whose picture I'm going to meld into mine, and then you're all going to know what my dad looked like. (laughs) Well, even more confusing,
0: Todd, we're going to be releasing this one first. Oh, cool. (laughs) So this is the introduction of your mustache to the world.
1: Oh, so I look badass nice. in this cool mustache you're going to learn more about in Middle March. Nice. <laughs> what, what, is there a special name for the episode that we're doing today, Ryder? Uh,
0: quick Poems for Quarantine? QPQ? Yeah. QPQ. QPQ issue one. QPQ. I we should keep doing this. I like, I like, I love getting your guys' poems. Yeah. Um, QPQ
1: sounds like, like the. A dance craze coming from South Korea. <laughs> oh, I do the QPQ. Yeah, I yeah. QPQ. I do the QPQ. It's it a big Fortnite thing. Yeah, a I learned it on Fortnite for my nephew. <laughs> Deep into the QPQ. Yeah, um, so we're, we're reading poems um, because that will save our lives or something? It'll save our souls. Right.
2: We just wanted something, you know. I feel like the headspace that we are in is symbolic of the larger headspace, which is like, okay, we have some big projects going on, namely Middlemarch, but we do need to break it up with something that doesn't overtake our lives. So we were like, let's just grab three poems, and I think that is the way to live right now. Like today, can I I tell you
1: guys a a little secret, though? Oh, I have been going back to Gil Thorpe. Oh my God. (laughs) Are you for real? I've poked in on occasion. Hey, you need See, to that's know. Interesting,
0: because I remember we were talking about that. I was like, "There's certain, there's a certain type of pleasure to this, like just this sort of like prosaic life,
2: like I, you a, know."
1: Yeah, I, they got out of the whole problem with the AP test. <laughs>
2: you know, it, uh, it, t- it took his seven college minutes. career was not ruined. <laughs> yeah, okay. it turns
1: out the Mohawk kid is came clean amazing (laughs)
2: wow that's it that's how was (laughs) all i
1: don't even really remember someone said something and it got cleared up but i like i've gone back and been like what's going on with gil thorpe but poetry is much better for the soul than Mm -hmm. the machinations of a uh athletic director at a midwestern school that exists only in ink
0: you know i i I picked a really depressing poem partly because i assumed you guys would pick funny ones (laughs) But we all kind of went a little dark. Yeah. So maybe yeah. this is where, where and we're all, all
2: very on the nose, I feel like, of what's going on. The up, time, the moment. How we're doing.
1: Yeah. Well, and the poem I picked is a little funny and a little deeply sad, too. It's weird. Yeah. You guys you guys are more directly like, oh, God, like the vultures are going to come and pick the bones. <laughs> sad. Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: Let's, <laughs> let's read them. They're all short okay. enough to read. Right. Um, I'll go first. Uh, right. Okay, so firstly, whenever I'm like I want to read one poem, I have absolutely no idea how to go about doing that. You know? Do you just like Google somebody? It's it's a weird a weird thing. So I asked on Twitter for help, and I picked the first poem that was recommended, um, and it is "The Mower" by Philip Larkin, and it is very short. Uh,
0: you are unfortunately sharing your screen with me yeah i know i'm trying to
1: find the i'm trying to find the poem so that we can all read it together
2: (laughs) yeah show us your email again
1: philip larkin
2: yeah philip larkin the mower okay Wow, this Sorry. is very compelling. I didn't that
0: was intentional.
2: I
1: didn't <laughs> want
0: uh, Todd's porn to suddenly pop up <laughs> on the screen. Is. Yeah, this I is
2: up Todd's before. porn. There we go. <laughs> Todd's porn is this very sad poem. Okay, here
0: we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> not far from the truth, probably. Yes. Wow. This <laughs> sad poem and then a, a shot be, of a Twix
1: this bar. Do, this does <laughs> not need to be a part of our show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's just <laughs> Okay, All I'm right. going to read it. The Mower, by Philip Larkin. The Mower stalled twice. Kneeling, I found a hedgehog jammed up against the blades, killed. It had been in the long grass. I had seen it before and even fed it once. Now I had mauled its unobtrusive world unmendably. Burial was no help. Next morning, I got up, and it did not. The first day after a death, the new absence... Is always the same. We should be careful of each other. We should be kind while there is still time.
1: Oh God, I love that. Yeah, it's so great. <sighs> so good.
2: Wow.
0: Um, it's such a you know w- what I love about this poem more than anything is that like those last two lines by themselves are fucking horrible. Like it's the kind of like pat, right. <laughs> aphorist, Like it's yeah. just the most b- banal thought. Like be kind to it, you know. But by the time you yeah. reach it, it is so satisfying because of what has preceded it that, like, just saying, "Hey, we should be kind to each other while there is still time," which would just be like, oh, "Okay, yeah, thanks, buddy." But like, because of this poem, you are it. it like just rips your heart out, and you're like, "Oh shit, we should, we should." And you feel yeah. the the pressing need. It's beautiful,
1: and and the the fact that it's going back to this um, bit of nature, a hedgehog. Mm-hmm. And you don't really think of a hedgehog as a thing that you'd feed, you know? But there, Mm -hmm. so, you know, he says, I had seen it before and even fed it once. Feeding a thing is uh, an act of love and of kindness.
0: Relationship. Relationship
1: and, you know, of bonding. He doesn't need to feed a hedgehog, but he chooses to for something. It made me think of um, my own yard uh, where I've been spending a lot of time we get these giant lizards in our backyard during hot weather and it's turned quite hot here in the desert uh, already. It's a hundred degrees here today, but these lizards are huge. They're like, you know, some of them grow to be a foot long. And at first they sort of freak you out when all of a sudden you see it and it's standing there. And then over the course of the summer, it's like, Oh, that's, that's this, this creature that's chosen to live in our yard. This is a really safe space for this creature to live. And we're all just going to cohabitate here. And, it's sort of cool like oh i go out there and i see this giant white thing that has existed since before time literally um and we're just sharing our spot together and like if a roadrunner comes through and eats one of the lizards like because you'll see the roadrunner with like you know a little lizard in its mouth it sort of bums me out yeah. um it's God, you know, there's so funny a, i've i've been on the exact
0: same trip like like really focused on like life around me and like Mm -hmm. my new life I I, you know partly because I have a five-year-old and that's what five-year-olds do right also I just think because we're we're stuck at home so our backyard is the entire world so yeah we had a dead lizard that was rotting we found it dead and it was rotting and we both like watched it over the days (laughs) and then we also have a hummingbird that's laid two eggs Hmm. And we check oh, wow. in on it and we see these little tiny eggs it's right outside my office window. And like my son is obsessed with it. I'm kind of obsessed with it. You know, of I feel course. like part of part of this whole experience has been like narrowing our focus and, you know, slowing down and like appreciating the life in our own backyard. Yeah.
2: Wow. I love fascinating. that. Fascinating. I our version of that is um, we Vegas really interested in bird calls Um hmm you know, different bird sounds and yeah. like I wish I knew more of them. So um we we had a little song where we sing like a chickadee and music class. And then a friend of mine for her birthday in November got her a book where you just hit different buttons and you learn bird calls. And now I'm outside and I'm like, I gotta learn these fucking birds. It's so it's Aren't such they an really hard to do
0: though. Like
2: yeah, I oh, it's hard to yeah, I it's they're very hard, but you can get little like wooden pipes and whistles. We haven't gone that far, but it is. I do feel like there is time and space, and that's a worthy use of life right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really wonderful.
1: You, but we're having we're having a weird thing with a bird. <laughs> this is gonna <laughs> sound crazy, but it's true. Every morning, beginning at about six thirty in the morning the same bird shows up on our patio and like dances itself against the window into our bedroom so that it sounds like someone's throwing like a dirt clod against the window and it's and pieces are falling down like that's what i thought the first time i heard it but it's just Mm -hmm. the wings flapping against the window every morning for several hours the same bird shows up it sits on a, a table in our backyard. It flies up to the window and flaps its wings and hits the window and goes back to the table. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Over and over and over again. It's making me a little mad. Yeah. Because <laughs> he keeps waking me up. And so I'm also sort of fascinated by it. Uh, yeah, because
0: he's I, not hurting himself? or No, like, I was I, like, this I, dumb motherfucker so is going
1: to break his neck. But mm-hmm. he just sort of like flaps his wings. So <laughs> I started putting... Um, our dog's uh, toys that look like animals in the window. So like to work as a scarecrow. <laughs> so that I could, so I'm not waking up at 6.30 when this dumb bird tries to play on our window. And at first it worked for a couple days. Today I think the, the bird got wise. It just kept doing it over and over and over again. And then if I if I get up and shoot it away, it'll go away. And then it'll sit on our fence and just sort of watch us for like an hour. And then it'll fly off. Same bird. Every single of that.
2: So,
0: can you open your window? No. Oh, I was going to say, if you could open the window, I would just do that and see what happens.
1: Yeah, because what, what I want is some fucking plague carrying pigeon bird coming into my house. It's a it,
0: bat flu. It's not a bird flu. We're fine.
2: So, back to the poem. <laughs> oh, right, right, right.
0: Sorry. Now we know about dogs.
2: Right. No, you're fine. I, I It's on topic because. What's happening, this is a fascinating cultural shift, I think, that is going to last the rest of our lives, is everyone has been forced to slow down and pay close attention to whatever is around them. Um, And that's what this poem is about. It's saying Mm -hmm. like, even though you may have thought you cared for something by like feeding it or whatever, if you're Mm -hmm. not careful, if you're not taking absolute care and paying attention, then you could mow it down. Um, and right. I think that's that's an, a really wonderful takeaway that will kind of haunt me, I think, from this poem. Like, what have I fed but could still kill um, through neglect in my life? Right. You know? Yeah. Wow. I also yeah, love the line, burial was no help, you know?
1: Right. Yeah, it's so cool. Love I that. I really like that. All right. Uh, Who's writer, next? What, yeah, I'll jump in. Which of yours do we have here?
0: Um, I think I'll go with the No Worst There Is None. Um, this is, it's it's untitled, but the, it's it's known by its first name, or the first line, which is No Worst There Is None, pitched past Pitch of Grief by Gerard and Manley Hopkins. And Hopkins is just one of my all-time favorite poets that I actually haven't read that much of his work, but what I have read just blows me away. And, and, and every time I, like, and just this year, I finally bought like the complete collected poems and I keep it in my office. And like every couple of weeks, I'll just suddenly pull it out. And um, he has a series of sonnets that are that are known as the terrible sonnets. Mm. And it's when he was uh, separated from his family and isolated in Dublin. Um, I think he was like he, 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 had, he converted Uh, Religions and he was going through this religion. So he's basically living alone at like a school for boys and he was just miserable. And like, clearly, nowadays everyone would, you know, call it clinical depression. Um, But he wrote these incredible poems, incredible sonnets, and they're all very strange and they're all very depressing. But they all sort of, to me, they're like some of the barest confrontations with depression. And I just feel like everybody right now is probably you know at their darkest moment and for a lot of people that means slipping into a depression or a bipolar state or whatever and we're also right. alone right now so i i've been reading his terrible sonnets and and even though i'm you know doing pretty well like i'm in a household with uh you know uh, six of us and you know people go through days where they just don't want to come out of their room mm-hmm. and so i've been really like noticing how much of getting through this as a group is going to be weathering mental health and and um I don't know if why, even though these poems are incredibly depressing, they um, they, I find them. um well, th- I find Thanks God,
1: it. though, that so. we have such a dependable healthcare system in America that doesn't stigmatize mental health. Right,
0: exactly. Um, all right, so <laughs> this one. This is uh, no worst. There is none. Pitch past pitch of grief by Gerard Manley Hopkins. No worst. There is none. Pitched past pitch of grief. More pangs will school that four pangs. Wilder ring, comforter, where, where is your comforting, Mary, mother of us? Where is your relief? My cries heave herds long huddle in a main, a chief woe, world sorrow, on an old, on an age-old anvil, wince and sing, then lull, then leave off. Fury had shrieked, no lingering. Let me be fell. Force I must be brief. Oh, the mind, mind has mountains, cliffs of fall, frightful, sheer, no man fathomed. Hold them cheap, may who near hung there. Nor does long our small durance deal with that steep or deep. Here, creep, wretch, under a comfort serves in a whirlwind. All life, death does end, and each day dies with sleep. Ooh.
1: Good really
2: writer. uplifting and light rider. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm sorry. I just wanted to go dark. I mean, yeah, th- it was, sure. Uh, I actually, there's another one of the terrible sonnets that I considered reading, which is Carrying Comfort, which is, I think, a, more fun to read. And and but, um, yeah, no, no less this depressing. Great. This is great. No less <laughs> depressing. That one is just much more about religious and you know, mm-hmm. struggling with religiosity. And this one, even though, of course, it still has religion in it, it feels like it's more about just. Facing the, the parts of your own mind, you know, and and just getting through the fucking day, which is I feel like we can all relate to right now.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, this one also has a, a distinct religious overtone, obviously, with yeah. Mary, mother of us. Where is your relief? But I mean, this is this is like a fight I'll find myself in on the Internet at some point tonight. Um, like. This is the time when people start to question the existence of God, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, where was God when those forty three thousand people died, right? Um, what was he doing that day? Was he helping someone win the Super Bowl? And so he wasn't. He wasn't available for the forty three thousand people who died this week or mm-hmm. this month or whatever it's been. Um, and so I like that that questioning. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the question that is the essence of religion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the word endurance means.
0: It's just <laughs> endurance. Like don't have endurance.
1: Ah. Our small
0: durance, like we we just don't not, we can't, it doesn't seem like we can deal with something so steep
1: or deep. So durance is a word?
0: I think he just shortened endurance, like he just took off the beginning to make it iambic or he's, I don't even know if it's following iambic pentameter, but.
1: Let's see. No, durance means imprisonment or confinement.
0: Ooh. Our small imprisonment. Oh,
1: know. yeah, that's good. Hmm. I think Nor that, does our small durance deal with that steep or deep. Oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. cool. That's a really good line.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is iambic. Um, I think the image of the mind having mountains and cliffs to fall off of is so compelling. I mean, that's. I yeah. feel like that's an image that's going to stick with me forever, and I'll forget it was attached to this poem. You know? Yeah.
0: I'm the same way the other one is the anvil in the first the, the first stanza mm-hmm. I just like because he's he's he moves from like herds so there's like animals and those are his cries have become the animals and they're huddling and but then there's this anvil and I totally reminds me of um the tiger um, tiger tiger uh, burning um, bright. Yeah I because you know talk, what what the anvil what the chain it right. talks mm-hmm. about god is like you know who f- formed is f- uh, you know and the idea in this poem of like being on an anvil and, and it pounding you and it wincing and singing and then leaving off i just love that i you know you feel like uh oh, the the image it's kind of separate from everything else but it's still it, it strikes you literally
1: yeah <laughs> That's a good one. That's super depressing. And this Gerard Manley Hopkins poems and prose. This is the book you have.
0: Uh, Yeah, I got whatever the all the collected stuff is, but most of the stuff you can find online. I've never read him before. Oh, really? He's he's just one of those. I mean, you can tell it's so. um...
1: Oh, he's not modern. No. Okay. I'm looking at a photo of him. He appears to be perhaps a priest.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's very religious and... Um,
1: oh, right, I'm sharing my screen. You guys can see him, too. <laughs> <laughs> there he is.
0: Yeah, he he is 19th century. Yeah. Mid-19th century. Well,
1: um, sort of doe-eyed.
0: Pr- most people assume he was gay and struggled with that and struggled with religion all his life because he, he, I think he, was, he converted to Catholicism and then he became like a Jesuit and, you know, became like a basically a monk um and was was very struggling constantly and very unhappy but he had been raised by his dad writing poems and his dad was a poet and um so it's really interesting but like what i love is he's one of those like really word happy poets like you Mm -hmm. can just tell Mm -hmm. the like the joy of language is always so present and and the, the musicality of the words takes precedence over like complete immediate comprehensibility um and i i think that that's really rare that it's good <laughs> when somebody has that but he is really good and i always return Carrion comfort i encountered in college and i i read it like once a year i always that that poem just haunts me um you know even though i'm a complete atheist and always have been <laughs> i love poems that wrestle with religiosity and spirituality and
1: yeah uh, me too so, yeah It's
2: just Uh, such a wild poem, you know, and he uses the word wild in different ways throughout, but it's, I can't imagine writing about.
1: And also, as you're reading it, Ryder, it's a very complicated, uh, it's got very complicated line breaks um, to figure out where the sentences are here. Um, And so it's actually easier to read than to read aloud, I would guess. Yes. Hmm, That is interesting.
2: Wow, I'm going to go, I'm going to read more.
1: Yeah, really yeah, should.
0: The, the terrible sonnets are like, I mean, for me, there are only there, there's only I love Shakespearean sonnets, and then I love these sonnets. Like of the sonnets in the world, like that I really love, these are like the best ever. Um, so, and and you know, he breaks a lot of the the sonnet rules and does a lot of interesting things and uses weird words, and I don't understand all of them, but I still enjoy reading them. Always, It's so fun.
1: In well, I. I picked a poet that the last time we read his poetry on the show, Julia, you weren't here, and Ryder Mm -hmm. and I sobbed for 40 minutes. Good. just just cried. We just cried. And it is uh, my dear good friend, Matthew Zapruder. Um, Matthew put out three new poems last week. All three of them are fucking great. Uh, They're on a website called Can We Have Our Ball Back, which was... um, literary website for several years and then it went dark and I guess it's back now because it's got a bunch of these New poems uh, from Matthew. There's also some new work by Josh Bell on here. He's a a very good writer Um, But he's got these three poems go make something old uh, La plague which is actually quite amusing um, and Rainier Marie Rilke Um, the poem I'm going to read uh, is go make something old and in a way, it, it's sort of a. Um, it's not. It, it's similarly written to the poem that uh writer and I read about Matthew and his wife discovering um, essentially that their son was uh, or is um, autistic, um, and that was a poem that was in the New Yorker, and then it's sort of the centerpiece of his book Father's Day, uh, which is out now, um, in which he has these very short lines. And not unlike um, the poem that Ryder picked, figuring out where the line breaks actually are is is sort of hard, so I hope I don't fuck this up too badly. Um, And I also hope that if I descend into poet voice, one of you will stop me. Uh, So this is Go Make Something Old. These are precious times, they say on the radio. You don't have to let inside. Get stuck in you. This I penultimately ponder over a cracker. (laughs) The voice moves on. While you slept, your photos unerringly, under the supervision of the new operating system, completed your taxes. (laughs) So I give you permission to start a garden. Plant some sorghum or golden math. It's okay to homeschool with your left hand. While starting a little business, turning humongous novels into pithy anagrams, then sewing them on masks. (laughs) Just be grateful for those tiny scissors your instinctive prescience chose at the Japanese store. People passing by anachronistically adore the scent of pies. So, go make something old from grandmother's recipe book. Soon we might be able to say like her or maybe not we survived many things
0: yeah that's damn good it is so good <laughs>
1: it is so good and sometimes i think i'm biased because matthew and i are very good friends but no, i don't there's know there's just I should... too many good there's too <laughs> many great leaps in there yeah like... there's a lot there's a lot happening in this line by line by line yeah. um that and it's funny, like, um, you know, I had to stop myself from giggling in a couple places, but the go make something old is, I mean, he's essentially taking this trend, right? That all of us are seeing on the internet of like people are making sourdough bread or they're, you yep. know, they're learning how to paint or they're, you know, learning how to yep. do the Charleston or whatever it might be. Yeah. <laughs> and he's taking it to a completely different place with it. Um, and then when you know that, you know, like, well, an old Jewish person's grandmother probably survived the Holocaust, you know, things like Mm. that. Um, So go make something old from grandmother's recipe book. Soon we might be able to say, like her, or maybe not, we survived many things. Oh, man, that last line, we survived many things. When I got to that, it was like I got punched in the side of the neck. I just, it just really hit me in a deeply emotional spot.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's a pretty perfect poem for the moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it fe- it's it's hitting on all the things I'm sort of thinking about or wondering about, or you know, connect. It just it's just like a a laundry, and it's so funny because I I wonder how this poem's going to change. Like I can't wait to read it a year from now, mm-hmm. um, and I wonder if you know because there I I feel like he what he does best in this poem is have these like really big ideas and concepts, but then bring them down to like some, you know, the, the penultimately over a cracker moment is my favorite. <laughs> Cause it's like, you know, and I think that's the way we all feel right now. It's like, we have all these big thoughts about how the goddamn world is changing and people are dying, all, you know, everywhere. And yet our day-to-day life has gotten simpler and easier right. and way more immediate. And so we are having all these gigantic thoughts and then they just get crunched down into these like moments where you just have to, You know, for me, teach my kid how to write the letter, the capital letter A, you know, like that actually takes up 25 minutes of my day. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, and just trying to get my son to sit down with me to do that letter A and like think that that's just as important, uh, you know, I I don't know, as surviving this thing that we're all going through. It's just a weird and like this. And I wonder if a year from now it's all going to feel. Distant or it's going to feel even more entrenched or
1: what? I don't know. The part where he says it's okay to homeschool with your left hand Mm -hmm. while starting a little business, turning humongous novels into pithy anagrams. It
0: sounds like a great idea, by the way. So he's putting them on masks. Is that is his wife doing that? Is his wife <laughs> no, no, selling novels like I hope not. I would. I, well, why not? Come on, if you're gonna go out and if you're gonna have to go out wearing a mask, you might as well be like you know quoting your favorite novel.
1: She's doing more important stuff. She's solving homelessness in the Bay Area. His wife yeah. Sarah is a genius. Good. Um, so
0: I guess maybe he's doing it. Yeah, yeah. I just assume <laughs> he was saying your left hand.
1: <laughs> it, I mean, it's it's such a it, it's funny also because it's like people. You know, it's like Instagram poets, basically. Like, oh, he, I, Matthew tre- tweeted once. Oh, thank God for the Instagram poets; they saved us. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think
2: what's really fun about this poem for me is, I mean, a lot of what I feel day to day is pressure to make the most of this time. I know this is just as cliched as like the. The first statement is like, make the most of this time. And then the second cliche is, I feel too pressured to make the most of this time. So both of those are like going around in a loop. And what yep. what this poem does is both. It's obviously making fun of that. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. But this poem is something created under that pressure in the moment. Right. right. So the penultimate over a cracker, I love that too, but I think penultimate what's ultimate i think it's the writing of this poem right so he's Mm, doing his dumb shit about to eat his cracker and then he does make something old he makes the poem Um, right Mm. and i wonder how that will age i'm really curious you know like it's he's doing a a really interesting little dance here where he's sort of pointing at and winking at this cultural moment but he's also completely participating in it um by doing this
1: Right. Exactly. Well put. Yeah, I, I found it, um, I've read it, I don't know, 10 times. I just, I find it it's sort of a cathartic experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other two poems here, by the way, when you guys get the chance, and we'll we'll post links, uh, listeners, up on our, our Facebook and our Twitter for all of these poems. Um, his poem, La Plague, is really funny. Um, it's about uh, being in French class and... Suppose needing to have read uh, La Peste, and someone calls it La Plague. But anyway, <laughs> it's it's very amusing, um, and also about this time um, that we should uh, memorialize.
2: Well, poetry feels good. That's my takeaway from this episode. Yeah, yes, like the right thing to do. Uh,
0: everyone should sign up for Poem a Day. I get every day you get sent a poem in your email from poets.org I'm poets. gonna do org. that. I don't have So that. great. Oh my God. Every day, because what happens is I wake up and I get a poem, and like, even if I don't have time to read it, I like keep it in my inbox for the rest of the day so I know I have a poem waiting for me. And, oh, that's cool. you know, I, uh, half of them I like, get like maybe two thirds of the way through. I'm like, this isn't for me. And I delete it. But then the next day, another one pops up. It's so nice. Like, this nice. such a, yeah. That's
1: nice.
0: And they curate them. Like, they have different editors every month. So um, I'm a huge supporter. It's a great, great way to get poems.
1: And it's nice just to have, um, a minute, right? <laughs> like yes, that's all it exactly,
0: takes. exactly. It's a minute. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that's what poetry does really well is that it does, you know it doesn't have to take that much time, but can um, take you on a really weird journey full of right. images or thoughts that you wouldn't have otherwise, and and you really do feel nourished. I do, you mm-hmm. know, like you come back from that experience, you're like, oh yeah, like today, you know, I'm never, I'm not gonna eat a cracker for the next week without thinking about. <laughs> yeah. It. You know what I
1: mean? Like yeah. seriously. I mean, I your choices your choices yeah. you can read a poem in 1 minute or you can read uh, 2 weeks of Gil Thorpe in 1 minute.
0: <laughs> I mean, I definitely I don't I mean, I I definitely have had the experience now which I never have had before like just I wake up in the morning and I'm like, "Did I watch something last night?" Yeah. Like, I honestly, like, they have blurred together that, like, by the time I reach the, like, what are we watching on Netflix now that our son is finally asleep moment of the day, I, Mm -hmm. my brain cannot function. It does not. So I can't remember. Like, I was talking about a Tales from the Loop episode the other day and I was like, I, I think I watched that, but I completely just lost it. Like, I don't know, my brain's turning to mush, guys. So
2: the best quarantine um, artistic experience that I've had. This is ridiculous, and everyone's saying it, but it's true. Go watch Groundhog Day. It will give no. you. Yes, <laughs> no. it will. Yes, because it's the feeling. How about of, Russian Doll?
1: Can we watch Russian Doll? On I have watched that again
2: too. But the feeling that you wake up every day pissed, you know, that you have to do mm. this again, but are just kind of submit to the unrelenting. Um, second chance of it all is it was really, it was a good
1: rewatch. It was a good rewatch. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. And I like Bill Murray, so it's fun to watch. <laughs> is, is Andy McDowell still in it?
2: She's still, still in it. it. <laughs> yeah, she's,
1: still she's still in
0: it. She's still the great actress that she's
1: well, always been. The, the queen of the same line reading, no matter what movie I'm in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. You, you know that her, her first movie was uh, Tarzan Greystroke? Oh, Greystroke? God. They dubbed over her entire voice.
2: (laughs) Wow. Little known fact?
1: Is it raining? I hadn't noticed. That's one of my favorite bits from Four Weddings and a Funeral, when she's covered in rain. (sighs) All right, gang. I hadn't noticed.
2: I gotta go watch something that I won't remember, I guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Literary Disco is produced and edited by Justin Alvarez for Lit Hub Radio. You can reach out to us directly on Twitter, at Literary Disco. Happy reading, everybody. Thanks for listening.